Hey everyone, this is Alex Jabaley, your favorite fighting game TO. So I've been talking about for about 10 years now, uh, if not a little longer, that I've always wanted to do a podcast or a, you know, a weekly show. And in the past, I've done you know, weekly YouTube shows like the Jadaily Show uh, a few years ago. Um, but you know, it's, just, it's, it's been crazy because I'm always traveling nowadays, it seems. Uh, I'm always running events or I'm always busy with phone calls or planning events and you know, hiring people, talking to people, promoting, all that stuff. But uh, you know, this 2018 has been probably one of the craziest and best years of my life professionally, uh, getting to do exactly what I love. So if you're listening to this, you probably already follow me on social media and you've known me because of, you know, most of the successes I've had as a tournament, you know, fighting game tournament organizer running CEO now working full-time with DreamHack, a great company that started originally in Sweden. And now I get to do fighting games, you know, not just at CEO and my local events or monthly events I do with Red Bull and other companies, uh, but get to do them globally. Uh, you know, I'm actually here in a hotel room in uh, Atlanta, uh, getting ready for DreamHack Atlanta 2018, the second year they've been in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of my friends from Florida come to help out. I work with the local community here in Atlanta. Uh, just, you know, nowadays it's, I, I used to get excited going to events to be a player and all that. And I kind of get excited to just see everybody come together and have a good time. And, you know, preparing for Atlanta, I'm like, this would be a good time to start uh, the podcast, uh, tell you a little bit about me, how I got into all this, and then talk about the things I want to do with this podcast, uh, and, and, you know, moving forward. Uh, so, um, yeah, again, my name's Alex Jabaley. I was uh, born in Canada. Uh, both of my parents are actually Lebanese, Middle Eastern. Uh, and, you know, growing up uh, shortly after my birth in Canada, I'm the youngest of four kids. We had moved down to Orlando. And uh, pretty much lived there all my life. But every summer as a child, as young as I can remember, we would go to Lebanon to visit family, you know, grandparents and all that. And I did that for about 12 years in a row till I was about 18 years old. And then, you know, once I had college, I didn't have the summers off from school, uh, you know, and real life was starting to hit me to become my own man. And, you know, being an adult and work full time, I didn't get to go as much. So I went about like a 10 year period of not going to Lebanon. But uh, the beauty of that was I got to see the world as a kid, which I didn't really get to appreciate back then. But living in two different cultures, you know, being in Lebanon three months out of the year, uh, right after they had a civil war and everything. So I kind of saw a lot of stuff over there, um, you know, from wars to uh, crazy stuff to, you know, just uh, the poor side of the countries, uh, walking the streets with friends, hanging all that. But I came from a good family that I'm very blessed to be a part of. So um, in terms of uh, what I do now. Ever since I was four years old, I remember my very first video game was, uh, you know, playing like Gyromite on NES, uh, you know, and uh, all these NES games that my older brothers would bring, uh, Omar and Heissam, and, you know, they're five and ten years older than me. So they would, you know, buy the games. Uh, my brother was a huge, like, Prodigy.net for anybody listening that remembers that, and, you know, playing like the original Test Drive where you had to figure out how to type like DOS commands of run slash test driver, run help, directory, all that stuff uh, that I would learn to do in like, you know, the young ages, single age, ages. And I just, you know, started to fall in love with video games. I remember playing the original Zelda on NES and, you know, deleting my brother's saves. And I think it'd be cool if I had my brothers on a podcast in the future. Uh, so I kind of grew up into them. Uh, fighting games, you know, uh, Street Fighter 2 was probably the first fighting game. Uh, 1991, I believe it, Street Fighter 2 had come out. Street Fighter 1 had already been out, but 91, I was about nine years old. And I would go to the mall, I have a, a, you know, with my mom and my older sister, and I would be stuck in the mall. They'd go shopping and be like, hey, let me go hang out in the arcade with my brothers or, you know, friends at the time in my teens. And I would play so much 
uh, you know, my parents would give me like five bucks, like, here you go, have fun. And I would just be in there for hours. Uh, and I, obviously it took a lot of time to learn playing on an arcade stick and all that at that age, but I just naturally had a knack for it and I loved it. And I had met some cool people, you know, going to an ice skating rink. I used to ice skate and play sports and rollerblade and surf and all kinds of, I always like trying so many different things. So, but video game just had stuck with me and playing them all the time and going to the arcades i look forward to it and i played more so everyone knows me for you know running street fighter smash turns and all but as a player uh, i fell more in love with mortal kombat although i played a little bit more street fighter and i remember like when the champion edition and hyper fight when those machines would come out in florida uh it would just be crazy to see them and, and you know and play with people and have a good time uh, and and go to the arcades with my brothers and they played too uh you know i actually was uh i loved blanca the first Street Fighter 2, you know, when I got into that. Uh, and I'll never forget the day when my brothers went to Toys R Us, bought a Super Nintendo, and bought, you know, the Street Fighter 2 cartridge with Honda, I think Honda and Chen Leon or Blanca. Uh, and just we played it nonstop. And I was 11 years old at that time. I think it was 93 had come out. And I just was playing at home all the time, you know, on a pad and stuff. But I just, I loved going to arcades and playing in the arcade. But I played a lot more Mortal Kombat. And I had this crazy match memory. I used to play the card game where you, like, match two cards together. And I would play that all the time and it would just help my memory. And so when Mortal Kombat was out, and this is before internet really took off, you know, fatalities were, like, rumors and what dreams were made of finding them out and hearing them from people. And at the time, uh, every time I would find one, I would like write it down or memorize it. And my sister had like a word processor back then with like one megabit of memory. I used to be a little hustler. I used to type out all the codes and print them and then like sell them at the arcade for like a few dollars here and there, like move lists that I would find. Uh, and like when GamePro came out with a move list or something, I would do that as well. Uh, so, you know, I would go. Uh, and then at that point, I was like, you know, 13, 14, playing in the arcades consistently. And I remember there was an arcade called Malibu Grand Prix, not there anymore in Orlando, uh, right where Wet n Wild used to be. And I would go with my brothers, and we became friends with uh, Angel and Patrick, these two brothers, and one of them, uh, wife was there. Uh, and I would play all the time, and they started to just like hook me up with free tokens because they're like, hey, you're beating everyone. People are spending more money to try and beat you. Here's just free tokens to come whenever you want. So I, I, I ended up making so many cool friends growing up at the arcades and stuff, and I just felt at home. That was my way you know, to just to be a kid and you know, tell the parents, like, I'm staying away from drugs and bad stuff and having a good time, and just met so many friends that just connected with uh, video games. And when I was 11 years old, you know, there's the fabled story. I had won the uh, very first ever uh, Blockbuster video game challenge on Super Nintendo. And I was 11 years old. I would go to the Blockbuster video right next to my house. It was literally walking distance uh, with like my sister and brothers and rent movies all the time. And like, they're like, yeah, we have a, you know, video game competition. This is like two, three years after the movie Wizard with Fred Savage had come out. And everyone always comparing me to that kid, like mostly family members, like you're, you're really good at these things. You're going to do, you know, computers when you grow up, as they would call it back then. And uh, they had like, you know, you had to play Super Nintendo and maybe I'll do a podcast re retrospecting on that. But you would go score, get a high score each week in a different game. And the first two weeks, uh, they would tally up your scores. And it was Super Star Wars on Super Nintendo and Tasmania were the first two Sundays, you know, each Sunday we had gone. And I'll never forget one of those Sundays was uh, daylight savings time. And we were like there, thank God, like an hour early, not an hour late for our like time slide. I'm like, oh, we'll just hang out here until we got to play. And, uh, you know, my score was like 40th place. I think there was like two, 300 people at that store at the time in the Dr. Phillips area playing. And 
we, uh, you know, I, I did the best I could and, uh, and they wouldn't tell you what the game was until like the, the like couple days before you'd have to find it from the store. It was listed. Uh, and it ended up being Street Fighter 2 Turbo on Super Nintendo. And man, I went home with my brothers, like, let me just play the computer. It was a high score thing in like three minute time frame. So from the moment you press, you know, three minutes started, you, you couldn't pause or anything. And I just, I, I used my, you know, natural ability to go, how do I get as many perfects as possible? And I had somehow figured out this is before. For internet like you i used ken and i would just throw three fireballs at the computer fierce fireballs they would all connect they would get dizzied i would jump in with a jump in fierce fierce punch uh uh you know combo into a, a fierce dragon punch and i think i scored like nine perfect rounds in a row and my score just skyrocketed and it ended up being like the highest score in the entire state of florida and literally sent me straight to the finals at disney world uh and then it ended up being magic johnson slam dunk basketball where another you know whatever reason i figured out when playing that you had to play other people i know single elimination uh every store had like representatives like you know representing their player and stuff and they had my picture up at the blockbuster so everyone knew me as the gaming kid and everyone's like cheering me on and it was a uh, downtown disney and it was Magic Johnson slam dunk basketball. And I had figured out that you could pump fake, uh, you know, being a little basketball player back then and growing up into it, you could pump fake uh, the computer and they would jump and try to block it every time and just run around them and dunk it. And I would never miss. And, uh, you know, when I play NBA gym back then. I would always shoot three pointers all the time. And it was just crazy because uh, I just kept doing it. And the first game, I remember, I, I think I played through nine other players. And I was 11 years old. And the first game was like I barely had won by like two or three points. And I was nervous and shaking. But when I had won that match, like my dad looked down. He's like, you know, if you win this whole thing, I'm going to treat you to $50. I'm like, what? And I was like just seeing that, having my parents support. And then the store, they had like a, a, a air horn. And I was like, every time I raise my hand, blow the air horn if I like score or dunk. Uh, and that got old real quick. Uh, but I was just living in the moment. And after that first round, I literally destroyed everybody. I was beating people by like 15 to 30 points a game. Uh, I got all the way to the finals. The kid who had made it to the finals had made like a three-pointer at the last second in front of me. You know, there's like five, 600 people watching on. Uh, and, and there we were. We had to play each other. And I, I, I honestly don't remember the score or anything, but I just remember blowing right through it. And the news channel had me on there like, you know, what do you do with all your time? Like, it's not studying. Like uh, Tom Brokaw or whoever the guy anchor at the time in Orlando was. Uh, but it was cool going to school the next day and like even my teachers like congratulating like we saw you on the news and uh, we had won a trip to uh, San Francisco first time going there and I love that city and had gone there got to take both my brothers and my mom and this was like Easter week or like in April of 94 and you know, I, I got to go there and they took us to the EA or Electronics Arts Studio, took us to Game Pro Magazine where they had like a Mortal Kombat 2 machine as it came out. And I played with like some of the writers there. And then they took us to Capcom Studios. And I remember seeing the, it was uh, the new Challenger Street Fighter 2 Turbo or Super Street Fighter 2 new Challengers. And they had like a beta board that looked, imagine just seeing like an entire computer electronics chip in a Super Nintendo. And that's what it looked like. I'm like, yeah, this game's not out yet. We wanted to give you a chance to play it. And me and my brother, you know, we played it. Uh, and I just fell in love with Street Fighter and Capcom getting, you know, they took us on tour of like the little music studio where they record sound effects and all kinds of really cool stuff. So I had just fallen in love with video games and I knew that, you know, play games. And back then I was playing games like Earthbound, Nonstop, uh, Aladdin, uh, or as my people like to call them, Aladdin. 
and, and it was just really cool and that kind of shaped my life and then you know fast forward to seeing what I do now with gaming uh, you know and I never knew I'd be where I am now running tournaments full time I, I always thought I'd just be a player keep competing winning money and all that but I ended up just over the years getting a more uh, more joy bringing people together to play these games uh, and, and have fun with it rather than stress out you know competing winning and losing and all that although I did pretty well with the early Street Fighter 4 days which kind of brought everything together so that's kind of like a background and like how I got into gaming itself just playing it grew up uh, you know I, you could say I was addicted like anybody else but I was still an active kid we would go overseas I would you know I, I loved being out by the water we'd go to the beaches all the time where we would go to Daytona Beach and the, the peers there would get all the new Mortal Kombat's and Killer Instinct even and I would just play those games nonstop and just you know every, wet and wild would go there all the time over the summer play volleyball and then their arcades would get Killer Instinct they had a Virtual Fighter 2 Tekken and three machine um so i just played fighting games like non-stop and in my life i've always had spurts of like i'll play a fighting game consistently or a couple of them for like a year straight then i'll switch over to single games i love racing games i play all the grand turismos uh forza's games uh, you know stuff shooters i've been playing a lot of call of duty blackout uh with my buddies uh my good buddies of like 10 years now so it's just it's crazy to see where I've come uh, with gaming and everything, and I still love to do it. You know, I'll probably be doing it till I'm dead at this point. Uh, and connecting, especially with how big it's gotten, I feel just so proud of just how in general my goal with CEO is always to make it mainstream and make it you know big. And now with esports and all these games like Fortnite, just every kid talking about is annoyingly enough. If you don't like the game, you know everyone talking about. It, but me getting to do stuff like the live wrestling show at CEO this year. Uh, and, you know, and uh, in future episodes, I'll definitely bring people on from these events that I work with because uh, the pleasure I get is giving people opportunity, especially with DreamHack. You know, CEO comes once a year. I have CEO Taku uh, and I take care of the hardworking staff that are there working, you know, day in, day out to make sure it's a great event. Uh, but like events like DreamHack where they hire me, they give me a budget to work with. I hire as many people, mostly from the local area. I bring in streamers from all over, you know, to put these on, just to make sure it's a great show for people at home. Uh, so it's just great to be in that position of, uh, you could say, power in the industry to host these events and, and travel the world. I actually just got picked up to go to India. I've never been to India and have a chance for me to be flown all the way to India and host, uh, you know, Street Fighter, Tekken, and, and Smash uh, Brothers Ultimate that comes out. It's just such a crazy feeling. Um, it still really, ha really hasn't hit me how much I've done this year because my mind's been on the Achilles heel injury that I'm still recovering from. I still have a limp when I walk. Uh, but it's just it's amazing to see and feel like the appreciation I've gotten and people saying TOing and stuff is a thankless job. And some days there's times where I see the, you know, the bickering online and people complaining about, you know, the community or scene. Uh, but I just think about all the times uh, people have come or first timers like, Hey, I never knew fighting games were so special. I don't know how awesome this community is. I'm coming every year. So that's kind of what drives me to keep going. And, um, yeah, so, you know, uh, if anybody's ever, if you've ever met me in person, I, I can pretty much talk anyone's ear off cause I'm passionate about what I do and it's easy to talk about stuff you love. So with that said, you know, this weekend I'm going to try and get my buddies, Luke and Ryan, two of my right hand men, you could say, uh, that help me with CEO, but I bring them to all the dream hacks because, uh, behind any good TO is like those right hand men that are there to just handle stuff that could go wrong because it's not an easy job. It, it's gone easy and kind of like a, uh, plug and play in terms of like how you schedule things, hiring things, 
uh, people, where they go, how many people you need. And that's kind of a standard that I've set working with, you know, Rick over the years, uh, Max, Curly W on how to schedule stuff, great help in the community that not many people really uh, see him and how hard he works and uh, what he can do helping you prepare for an event. But there's just so many different things that could go wrong during the event that you need to have those kind of people here. So I hope to have them on and have an episode. But as of now, you know, it's 2018. Uh, right now we are November 15th, 14th. Uh, you know, it's a Wednesday night. Tomorrow I start, you know, the full setup day. Our area is already done. And that's the beauty of working with DreamHack. Like CEO, I'm in charge of everything from catering to staffing to hotel contracts to, you know, deciding what games are there with my close, you know, uh, friends and, and uh, you know, colleagues in the industry, figuring out what people are playing, what will, you know, generate enough interest for it to, you know, have enough unique entrance to help that event succeed because it's getting expensive to do what we do, uh, especially on the scale that I wanted do you know i hosted a live wrestling event for the first time in my entire life and it was a success uh and it wouldn't have been possible without kenny omega from new japan pro wrestling uh becoming a friend we bonded through fighting games you know and we've been friends for three years we talk very often uh and it's just so great you know when i first met him he was blowing up we everyone already knew how talented he was now he's the world champion of new japan wrestling and now he's living his dream doing stuff with razor a great company in the esports scene and uh, you know, getting support on the gaming side because he loves video games just as much as me. And every time we get a chance, we just talk gaming when we hang out, to be honest with you. He loves it so much that uh, when he get, wants to get off his mind on, you know, his, uh, his rough job, on his physicality and all his travel, like we talk gaming and stuff. So it's pretty cool. And just seeing how everybody's just talking about gaming and stuff. So, uh, you know, in the future, I would definitely love to have a lot more episodes. I want to do maybe at least once a week guaranteed. Uh, I'll tell you my schedule from right now is pretty crazy. So I have Atlanta this weekend. I'll go home. I'll celebrate Thanksgiving with the family. Uh, Both my brothers are the 24th and 25th, and my mom is the 27th of November in terms of birthdays. So it's pretty crazy. It's going to be a crazy week. And then I leave, I believe, on the 29th. I fly, 27th or 28th, I believe. I fly out to Sweden for DreamHack Sweden, the last event where I'm going to be hosting a official Dragon Ball Fighters uh, Dragon Radar event, which is like a qualifier to fly all, uh, a European player all the way out to America, which is going to be cool. And then as soon as I'm done that, I'm going to go to Dubai for the first time and visit my sister over there with her three nieces. And I love when my nieces visit and they come to my house and they see my huge statue collection and all the gaming. And like, Uncle Alex. I'm like, yes, Jada. Why do you have more toys than us? I'm like, shut it, Jada. Uh, so kind of excited to go there. That'll be an actual real vacation for me. One of the first ones this year, uh, besides uh, the Chris Jericho cruise I recently did, which is a lot of fun. And... Um, you know, I'm going to do that. And then as soon as I come back from Dubai, I'm an idiot because I just, I can't afford to be away from my house for more than like two, three weeks at a time. And rather than staying overseas an entire six weeks straight into the new year, I fly back from Dubai on a Friday. I land, you know, I think it's like 10 a.m. because when you come back, you gain back an entire day pretty much. The day's a wash, but when you go there, you lose a day or two. Uh, but as soon as I come back, I have the weekend. I usually do an annual Christmas party. I have done for nine years straight, and I don't want to cancel it because I'm a man of commitment. Uh, when I do stuff and plan stuff, I stick to it no matter what. Uh, if I have to cancel something, I think I've maybe canceled one event in the history of CEO. I think it was a local event for some family emergency. But as soon as I come back, and I have two days to do that, and then Monday, I'm going to fly back through Dubai to get to India, uh, which why don't I just stay in Dubai? It was actually more expensive to just like extend and then fly to Dubai, I'm sorry, fly to Mumbai, India, and then from India back to Orlando. 
Um, so I'm going to come back for a couple of days, fly out to India, run this event. I've already talked to some great guys and, uh, you know, it's a licensed out event. DreamHack's putting its name on a gaming event that happens out there. Uh, and I've already talked to the guys and I, you know, when I, my, one of my rules of thumb, uh, when I work for, with any event, uh, I've done a lot of freelance events over the years and just asking a bunch of questions, who's in charge, you know, what experience do you have all that? And these India guys that I've been talking to know everything and they follow me and, you know, they're very gracious to have me out there. So I'm really excited for that opportunity. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be a quick work trip, you know, work that I'm going to get there a day early to explore Mumbai, although I hear it's just a big downtown financial uh, district, but it'll be exciting to get off the plane and just smell curry everywhere. Uh, you know, but I love Indian food, so we'll see how that goes. Hopefully I don't like drink bad water or anything, but I've been overseas many times, so I'll be careful. Uh, but yeah, so do that. And then as soon as I'm done with India, I'm going to fly back on Christmas Eve so I can celebrate it, you know, with my family. I haven't missed a Christmas with the family in God knows how long or been, uh, I usually hate personally traveling during December because how crazy the holiday travels go, flights getting canceled, all that stuff, but I'm going to still hot places during December. But as soon as I fly back, celebrate Christmas, relax for about five days, I'm going to use those five days to kind of really hammer out a lot of CO 2019 details. And then I'm going to go to Japan and take a real vacation and celebrate new year's over there with some friends and watch kenny omega at wrestle kingdom 13 uh in the tokyo dome which i i've actually been to japan twice before and i got to circle the tokyo dome and walk around but i haven't been in it so i'm really excited to go check that out and support him and you know he the guy you know, he comes to ceo for an entire week and takes off and gets you know gets a break from the wrestling world so uh, I, I just i'm excited to go hang out he'll probably be way too big uh, he you know uh, professional wrestlers are way busier than professional gamers i'll tell you that uh, and it's crazy to kind of be a part of that life because I've always, you know, deep down wanted to be a pro wrestler uh, just because I love the travel. I love being on the go. I love talking to people, meeting people. So just seeing what it does. But now gaming's giving me those opportunities without hurting my body unless I try to do a stupid stunt from a top rope. But we won't talk about that today. And so, yeah, going to go to Japan. Uh, I've been there twice before. Uh, you know, shout outs. The first time I ever went was with Mike Ross, Justin Wong, and Cool Gray AJ and Mark Man in 2014, where I got to. I got flown out there by Iron Galaxy, which I got to work for as community manager and PR spokesperson for a couple years on Dive Kick and a couple indie games, and then of course Killer Instinct, one of my favorite fighting games growing up. But I got flown out there to present Dive Kick on the Square Enix stage, who makes Final Fantasy one of my favorite games, and that was just a dream come true to get flown to Japan, be there. I was only there for like five short days, and I got to hang out with some of the Japanese players at the time, uh, and it was awesome, you know, uh, just, just to experience that and be there. So I've explored a lot of that in Akihabara is usually it's like the gaming town uh you know you can buy a lot of stuff you can play arcades food everywhere in Japan's amazing but I'm gonna try to go to like Osaka and Kyoto and stuff like that so yeah that's you know that's the end of my 2018 if you follow me throughout the year I had an already crazy you know 2018 I thought I was just gonna stay home but the India opportunity presented itself uh, and I'm like yeah I'm not gonna say no to that uh, you know, we'll see if I can survive it because my leg actually swells up still. So being on a plane for that long could, you know, I'm past the stage of like any kind of blood clots or anything crazy like that. But it, it might be painful. So we'll see. But, you know, I've grown a pain tolerance that I never knew I had in the last like 10 years uh, until I tore my Achilles heel and still, you know, wrestled a match with a boot on, got the surgery afterwards, ran a convention in a wheelchair uh, and stuff like that. So 
it was a challenging year, but it, it definitely paid off. So, but yeah, so this is my first podcast, the Japodcast, as we'll be calling it, or just Japodcast. Uh, it wasn't taken on anything, you know. I'm using Anchor.fm, which is very easy to use, it seems, uh, to upload my podcast and everything. So for now, it's going to be kind of bare bones. I'm not going to throw in like any cheesy sound effects yet. Uh, but I would love to cover stuff like gaming and travel and um, you know current topics in esports and the fighting games and, and just life. So as uh, you know, we build this together, guys. Just hit me up on that Twitter at uh, CEO Jabali. Uh, if you already do, and then just suggestions. And if this kind of starts to take off, I'll create its own email address, uh, you know, and ways to just contact me to talk about stuff. Cause you know, I just, I want to do this to share my experiences, uh, experiences to help people grow in the gaming world. You know, we can talk dating advice all day. I've had my fair share of experiences there. Uh, you know, and just all kinds of stuff because gaming brought me so many uh, awesome things in my life. And I just now getting to like that 36 year old age of wanting to settle down soon and stuff. I kind of want to just pay it forward and help people out and give advice and let people know, you know, the great things that gaming can do for you. If you, you, you focus on it and hard work and dedication and how even I, you know, even I still get depressed from time to time, to be honest with you. And I don't really talk about it because, you know, people will listen to you, but sometimes it's up to you, man, to believe in yourself and, and take care of yourself and, and, reach out to your friends to have a good time and, and forget about things. And, and just, you got to find your hobbies. You got to find something you love to do. Uh, and you know, I found it, uh, besides starting a family, you know, which I would love to do soon. Uh, I <coughs> love exactly what I do right now and I couldn't be more grateful. So if you tune in this first episode, definitely let me know. Uh, you can just pretty much tweet at me. If you want to direct email me, it's just alexjubilee@gmail.com. <coughs> Excuse me. I would love to hear back, though. If you did listen to this, if you did like it, let me know. Uh, let me know what kind of people you'd like to see on it that you know that are a part of my world already, uh, what we could talk about. Just just give me ideas because that'll keep me motivated to keep doing this. Uh, and, you know, I really hope to bring you guys more content, but I really appreciate you turning in, tuning in to 10 Years in the Making, the very first Alex Jabali podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take care of, your ch- take care of each other.